Everybody repeat out loud after me. Lord, I want my life to be different. Let's do that again. Lord, I want my life to be different. There you go. It was kind of strung out a little bit, but we'll get there. We'll get there. How many of you would be honest enough to admit there have been times in, in your life you have prayed that prayer? I want my life to be different. You know, here's the great news today. It can be different. Your life doesn't have to be the way that it's been. Um, you know, one of the things that is so interesting to me in talking with people who will set up an appointment and come in and want to talk to me about where they're at in their life, uh, in their marriage, uh, in whatever's going on, you know, they often feel like they are stuck. They feel like they are trapped. They feel like there is no way out. They feel like the way it's always been is the way it's always going to be. Everybody look at me. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. One more time, I want you to repeat after me, and I want us to make this a prayer. Lord, I want my life to be different. Now, I want to show you a story of someone who discovered that on a firsthand basis. Today, I want to talk to you about life-changing hope. Are you ready? If you want to take your sermon outline, you can track along with me. We're going to look at the passage of Scripture from Luke chapter 19 first 10 verses. We're going to look at a story. If you grew up around the church at all, you're going to, you're going to be familiar with this guy. His name was, was Zacchaeus. You remember that? Zacchaeus was what? He was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Okay, we're going to, we're going to talk about Zacchaeus and what Jesus did in his life. Now, the passage on your outline is from the New Living Translation. There are Bibles in front of you on the back of the pews. Those are in uh, New International Version Bibles, but they are also our gift to you. If you would like a Bible or have someone that you know needs a Bible, please feel free, take one of those and give that to them as our gift. Here we go. Luke chapter, chapter 19, beginning at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho, and he made his way through the town. There was a man there whose name was Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in that region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, and he climbed a, fig, a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name. Now look at me, and God knows you by name too. Called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your house today. And Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and he took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people, they were displeased. He's, going to, he's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half of my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Read the last sentence out loud with me. For the son of man came to seek and save those who are lost. Now, what's so interesting about this story is Zacchaeus um, was a guy who, who seemed to have everything. 
And yet he realized that there was something missing in his life. And he's discovered that Jesus had what he was missing. And, and that's what I want us to unpack today too. As I was reflecting on the story, I was thinking about this guy who was so rich, you know, he had all this stuff. And yet what he's discovered were the things that he really wanted out of life. The things that he really needed were the things that only Jesus had. Are you ready? Let me give you a couple of thoughts on that today and maybe we'll discover one of these for you. Jesus, what he discovered is that Jesus meets our need for contentment. Jesus meets our need for contentment. Don't you find it interesting that Zacchaeus was not just described as rich, he was described as very rich. Um, he was the chief tax collector in that region, which meant when people, when these guys were collecting taxes, they would uh, charge a little bit extra for their own fee as they were taking taxes from the people. And Zacchaeus not only got taxes from the people, but because he was the chief tax collector, he had other tax collectors working under him. So it was like kind of like a pyramid deal. He got a piece of whatever they got. So he wasn't just rich. He was very rich. But don't miss this. Even though he was that rich, he still wasn't happy. There was still something missing in his life, which is why he wanted to see what this Jesus was all about. And what he discovered he was missing was contentment. Um, several years ago, I was, um, I was on a flight from Kansas City uh, back to Pittsburgh, and I sat down next to a guy who was a yacker. You ever sit on a plane next to somebody who can't stop talking? This, this, this was this guy. His name was Brian, and he was a real nice guy, but he was totally ADHD and just little, 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 you know, kind of guy. And we sat down, and we started talking, and he was yakking away. And I pulled out a book on, on leadership, and I was reading this book on leadership. And Brian said, oh, so you're interested in leadership. Now, he never asked me what I did for a living. He just said, oh, so you're interested in leadership, huh? And I said, yeah, I, I actually, I try to really study leadership. And he, he said, oh, he said, man, that's, that's really interesting for me too. He said, I'm a, I'm a plant manager of a plant in Toronto. And uh, he goes, man, I, I read leadership stuff all the time. And we were talking back and forth and back and forth. And he said, have you ever, have you ever found it difficult to motivate employees? And I said, oh, yeah. I said, everybody struggles with that. And we got talking about employees employee motivation and we got it talking about problem solving and we got talking about what are the greatest challenges for leaders today and he said you know it just seems like you know people just aren't into their job and I said well you know Brian what's interesting I said I just read an article in USA Today and I said and it said the number one question that people are asking now when they interview for a job is how much time off will I get and Brian goes yes he goes, it's like they don't want to work. They want to get paid for doing nothing. And, and he started going on and on. I said, well, I think it's more than that. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I think what's happening, I said, I think that more and more people are just finding that there's got to be something more than just a nine-to-fine job. I, I think people are discovering that there's just got to be something more than, you know, than just making a bushel of money and, and, and buying stuff. I, I think people are wanting a deeper quality of life. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, Brian, I said, have you ever known anyone, man, they worked hard and, and they, you know, they, they, they worked themselves up through the ranks. And I said, they, they climbed the ladder to success. And finally, when they get to the top of the ladder of success, all of a sudden they found out it's leaning against the wrong wall and they're not happy. 
you ever meet anybody like that? And I'll never forget Brian looking at me and saying, Steve, that's me. He said, man, he said, uh, he goes, I, I, I started out in the plant. He goes, I've worked myself up. He goes, I'm, I'm the plant manager now. He said, I've got over 1,500 employees. He said, I've got a huge home in Toronto. He said, I've got every toy a guy could want. And he said, yet I still feel empty inside. And I said, I know what you mean, Brian. I used to be like that. And he said, well, what did you do? And I said, Brian, I met Jesus Christ, and he became the Lord and Savior of my life. And what I discovered, it was Jesus that I was really looking for. And Brian said, oh, man, he said, you know, he goes, I'm, I'm not really into religion. He goes, I went to church a couple of times, and he goes, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know that church is what I'm looking for. And I said, Brian, I'm not talking about church, man. I'm talking about a walking, talking, living, breathing relationship with God Almighty. I said, God came from heaven to earth so we could get a chance to know him personally. I said, God doesn't want to just be a God that we serve. He wants to be a God who lives in us and through us, and he wants to walk with us every single day. And Brian's looking at him, and he said, man, he said, Steve, you, you act like you really believe this stuff. And I laughed, and I said, well, it's worse than that, Brian. I said, I'm a pastor and I'll never forget this dude just falling back in his chair. And he was like, a pastor? He said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, no, man, it's true. He goes, I can't believe you're, he said, I thought you were a, a, like a manager or a CEO of a company. He said, we're talking about employee motivation. We're talking about leadership. He said, we're talking, I said, no, Brian, those are all skills that I need. He goes, I can't believe you're a pastor. And I said, I am. And I said, Brian, I'm going to tell you, dude, I believe in what I'm selling. Because I'm going to tell you, you're never going to be happy until you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Because he's the only one that can fill this hole that is in your soul. Now, we're sitting on the plane. The plane is landing in Pittsburgh, and everybody is walking off the plane. And Brian there and I are sitting there in that seat, and we're talking back and forth. And finally, the flight attendants are like, you know, hey, we got stuff to do here, you know. And, uh, and I said, Brian, I said, man, if, you're, if you would like, I said, I'd be happy to pray with you right now to accept Christ as your Savior. I said, but I know this is a big decision. And if you need time to think about it, you know, you, you're welcome to do that. He goes, you're right, Steve. He goes, I, 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 he said, what you're saying really rings true. He goes, but I just think I need to, 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 to think about it just a little more. And I said, man, you do that. Let me just pray for you. And I got a chance to pray for him. Here's what I know. Here's a perfect example. Here is a guy who had the American dream. He had it all. He had a great job. He had a family. He had a huge house. He had all kinds of stuff. But you know what? He had this hole inside. Now look at me, church. You got to get this. Because until you have Jesus Christ in your heart, you're never going to be content. Because there's nothing else that can fill that hole inside you except him. I, I, I love how Paul framed it in, in Philippians chapter 4. Paul said, I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And I've learned the secret of being content 
in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or living in want, read the last sentence with me, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. You see, Jesus changes everything. That's why I put the statement on your outline. You know, you can have it all and still have nothing, or you can have nothing, and yet you can have it all. Because Jesus alone is the one who meets that need for contentment, and I don't care how rich you are. Can I give you another one? Jesus meets our need for significance. He meets our need for significance. I want you to think this with me. Here again is a guy who had a, had a very prominent position. Uh, he was in a great place. He was in a, a big metropolitan area. Uh, he was, you know, he had, he was not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector, had guys working under him. He had a great position. He had power. He had all of this stuff. But yet, here was the question I asked when I was reading this story and I was looking at how diligently Zacchaeus came looking for Jesus. Here's what went through my mind. I wonder how many times Zacchaeus came home and he said to himself, there's got to be more to life than this. There's got to be more to life than this. Look at me. God created us for purpose. God created us for our lives to have meaning. And until we lean into Jesus Christ, we're never going to discover that eternal significance for which we were created. Um, I had a chance um, this past Friday morning to uh, do an opening devotional for um, all of the directors who work in the YMCA in this part of the state. Uh, there are about 40 or 50 uh, directors. They were directors of aquatics, directors of fitness, directors of membership uh, for the Ys from Stillwater to Tick Chickasha and all over. And uh, we were meeting at Early Wine Park, and they asked me to do this opening thing. And I, and, and I opened up, I started talking about um, when the day that I was at a gym, an L.A. fitness gym in Phoenix, and I kept feeling this nudge by God to reach out to a woman who was there who I did not know. And, uh, and, and the long end of the story was I talked about how when I finally kind of gave in to that nudge, how I realized God had me there talking to her for a very specific purpose. And I had a chance to walk with her through a very difficult time in her life and pray with her through a very difficult time in her life. And what I said to these directors, I said, you know what, you're not in the aquatics business. You're not in the fitness business. You're not in the membership business. You're in the people business. And every single day, you're surrounded by people who have all kinds of stuff going on in their life. And, and you can look at what you do as just a job, and you can, you can go to work, and then you can go home. Or you can walk into the YMCA and say, God, I am going to be surrounded by people today who need a special touch from you. Would you let me be a part of what you want to do in their life? And I looked at the directors, and I said, think about this with me. Every single day, you get the chance to be the answer to someone's prayer and you know what we all do you know what I discovered years ago I don't have to be a pastor to be used by God 
I can be used by God at a gymnasium or a Walmart or a 7-Eleven or wherever I find myself in the presence of another human being because God is always up to something around us. And you know what? He invites us to be a part of that. That's what it means to let your life have significance. Look at me. Please hear my heart. You don't have to become a missionary. You don't have to become a pastor. You don't have to go into full-time ministry to be used by God. All you got to do is open your heart to what God wants to do in and through you. I love what Jesus said to his disciples when he was calling them Mark chapter 1. and said, and Jesus called out to them. Read it with me. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to do what? Fish for people. I'll show, you how to, I'll show you how to turn your life into an ever ongoing stretching out of the hand of God. I love how Paul framed it in 2 Corinthians 5. Read it with me. He says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Look at me, and that's who you are. As you surrender your life to him, he wants to do more than work in you. He wants to move through you. I have a good friend uh, who passed away from cancer um, a few years ago. Throw that picture up on the screen for me. That's my buddy, Brian McCarrier. Um, we were at uh, the Masters Golf Tournament together. Um, that was where that picture was taken. Brian loved to, loved to golf. Um, what I loved about Brian was his heart that God had given him for people. Um, Brian... Uh, family owned uh, a pipe company in western Pennsylvania and uh, God had blessed it it had become very successful and Brian used his position as the CEO for his family's company to just be a blessing to so many people when we went through the 2013 tornado that you guys remember uh, May 20 when that thing blew through here and and did so much damage uh, Brian and his company sent uh, us a check here at Chartel for $10,000 to be able to give away to families in the community who had a need. He was, he was so generous and he was so caring. But the thing that really always uh, I was in awe of with Brian was how he believed that God had him at Interstate Pipe for a reason. And every day, Brian would walk among the people there, there at that work for him, and he would engage them in conversation. And he was always listening for what God might want to say to them and what God might want to do and uh, have an opportunity to give them a word of encouragement, uh, to take a moment to listen to them or to take a moment to pray for them. I can't tell you how many times through the years, Brian would give me a call and he'd say, hey, Steve, can you pray with me about something? And, and he would tell me about uh, some guy at work that he he'd been talking with who was going through all kinds of marital issues and he would say can you can you pray with me about what I might say to him to help encourage him or he would he would email me and he would tell me about an employee who had a, a son that was struggling with drug addiction and he said have you got any resources I can use because I'm trying to walk with them through this very dark and I and I just was always amazed that Brian wasn't thinking about how do I make my business bigger and better and all of that uh, he, he was he was concerned about those that God had given given him as his ministry. Brian was never ordained. Brian was never a pastor. But I'm going to tell you that when we did Brian's funeral a few years back, there were a lot of people in that crowd that Brian was the one God used to touch them right where they were. 
whether or not Brian, you know, would ever be known as a, as a great guy who led a, a pipe company, he's a guy who lived with significance because he let God use them. And you know what? That's what Zacchaeus was looking for. And I know that's what some of you are looking for. You want to do more than just have a job. You want to do more than just make a living. You want your life to matter. And Jesus meets our need for significance. Give you another one. Jesus meets our need for unconditional love. Jesus meets our need for unconditional love. You know, don't you love in this story? You know, here's, here's Zacchaeus looking for Jesus, and he had absolutely no idea that Jesus was looking for him. You know, Jesus gets to where Zacchaeus was, and, and, and he calls him down. He calls him by name. You, you know how this is. You ever have a famous person use your name when they're talking to you? You know, if you ever say, man, they, they knew my name. How the heck going to be? And you can imagine for Zacchaeus what that was like, that here's this rabbi, this famous guy, and here's Zacchaeus who's so despised by the people because he's a tax collector, and people don't like him. And, and when Jesus walks by, Jesus calls him by name, Zacchaeus. Now, I, I got to correct something. How many of you grew up learning the song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man? Okay, some of you are going to know this. Growing up in the church, we said, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And when the Jesus passed that way, he looked up in the tree, and he said, now I don't know how you learned it, this is how I learned it, Zacchaeus, you come down. How many of you learned it that way? Now, that's bad theology, I just want to tell you. Because I don't know about you, but if I'm Zacchaeus and Jesus is going, Zacchaeus, you come down. I mean, it's like your mom yelling at you and you're up in the tree. It's like, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'm staying right here in this tree until you cool off, whatever's going on. You know that? But, but he didn't. That, you, know, you know he did. That's what Zac, Jesus looks up and he goes, Zach, dude, come on down, man. I want to go to your house today. And Zacchaeus came down. Now, you get, don't miss this. Zacchaeus comes down and he and Jesus go off to his home. Now, again, we miss this in the 21st century. But to invite someone into your home, for someone to come into your home was, was a sign of intimacy. It was a sign of friendship. It wasn't something that people did lightly. That's why when you read the scripture, you see these people are watching this and they're going, Jesus went to be with this sinner. Why? Because Jesus was accepting Zacchaeus just as he was. He opened his arms to him. And I'm telling you, that's what Zacchaeus was looking for. I, I was reading a blog this week. It's really sad. It was a, a girl named Sarah who was a Michigan State student. And she was talking about growing up and how she discovered at a very young age that her, her parents didn't want her. Um, that her mom, the only way, the reason she was born was because her mom thought that if she had a baby that her husband would love her more and that never happened. And Sarah talked about what it was like and growing up always, always wanting to know, isn't there someone 
who loves me. And look at me. There is. There's someone who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. The one true love, I promise you, that your heart is looking for is not found in another human being on planet Earth. It's found in our Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who will love you just as you are. And he is the one who will never leave you or forsake you. He meets that need for unconditional love. I love how Paul said it in Romans 5. Read it with me. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I love Jeremiah 31.3. I love how Eugene Peterson paraphrased this in a message. He says, and God told them, I've never quit loving you and never will. Expect love, love, and more love. <laughs> I just, I, I love that. Expect love, love, and more love. Here's what I know. Everywhere I go and every person I talk to, deep inside, they are looking for someone who will love them. Love them fully, love them completely, and love them forever. And I'm telling you, there only is one who will do that the way you really need it, and that is Jesus. Let me give you one more. Jesus meets our need for transcendence. Jesus meets our need for transcendence. Now here's what I mean by that. You don't have to be stuck where you are. Transcendence means to rise above, to go beyond. And here's what I know. So many people feel like they're stuck. Again, when I was reading this passage, I, I thought to myself, I wonder how many times Zacchaeus came home to his really nice house with all of his nice stuff, looked around and realized, you know, I've got everything and yet I still feel like I don't have anything at all. And I wonder how many days he, he wanted something to be different, but he felt like I'm just stuck. I'll always be in this place. Look at me. You don't have to be. You see, what Zacchaeus discovered was he didn't have to stay where he was. He didn't have to stay who he had been. Jesus could change all of that. I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17. Read it out loud with me. He says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And these are some statements I wrote. Maybe one of these fits for you. You don't have to be who your family was. You don't have to be who people have said you are. And you don't have to be who you have been. Did you see what happened to Zacchaeus? The moment that he walks in and Jesus walks into his home, look at, this, look at what happened for him. He, see, he says, today, here and now, though money has been my life, here and now, I'll give half of what I own to the poor. And if I've cheated people, and I know I've cheated some people, I'm going to pay them back four times what I took. That's transformation. Regardless of what Zacchaeus had been, Jesus was giving him the opportunity to be someone new. Zacchaeus, you don't have to be who you've been, man. 
You, you don't have to be who all these people have told you that you are. You don't have to live the way that you've lived. Aren't you tired of being stuck there? You can rise above. Zacchaeus went from being greedy to being generous. He went from being cold-hearted to being compassionate. He went from being godless to being godly. He rose above. You know, one of the, one of the cool things in this story The name Zacchaeus means pure, innocent. And Zacchaeus was anything but pure and innocent. And when Jesus called him out of that tree, just calling him for who he had been, Jesus was calling him for who he could be. Jesus, in that moment, was giving Zacchaeus his name back. He was becoming again the man that God had made him to be. You don't have to be the way you are. You don't have to be the way you've been. Your life doesn't have to be stuck. But you got to do something different. You know, sometimes we get into these stuck places in our life and we just keep thinking, you know, if I just, if I just work a little harder, if I just make a little more money, if I, I, I do this. And it, but here's the deal, gang. If you always do what you've always done, you always get what you always got. You'll just be more tired. There comes a point where we got to say, God, I can't do this. I can't change my life. But he can Today, I offer you life-changing hope. Would you open your heart to receive that? I want you to just bow your heads and close your eyes. And for just a moment, I just want to give you just, just a few seconds to just have your own little quiet prayer with God. I don't know what you need. I don't know how you need your life to be different. I don't know what things need to change for you. But I know that the one who can change you is here today. Jesus can meet your need for contentment. Jesus can meet your need for significance. Jesus can give you the unconditional love that your heart is longing for. And Jesus can help you transcend beyond what you ever believed you could be. Would you open your heart to that? Father God, as we gather in your presence today, how thankful we are for these stories of hope. Zacchaeus had everything, and yet he had nothing. He was a rich but miserable man. His heart was empty. His life was meaningless until the day you walked in. And you changed all of that. Father, there are some of us today and we feel very empty inside. 
there's a place in us that only you can fill. And Lord, today, as we open our hearts and lives to you, would you, would you just draw near? Would you fill us to overflowing with your grace? Would you remind us today that you accept us right where we are so that you can change us into who we really want to be? You know each of us by name. You know the things we struggle with, and you know the places in our life where we are stuck today. So, Lord, as we reach up with a hand of faith right now, would you take hold of our hand? And would you lift us up and lift us out? Would you put our feet upon a rock? Would you help us to transcend the life that we've lived? Would you help us realize today we don't have to be who our family was. We don't have to be who people have told us we are. We don't have to be who we have been. Like Zacchaeus, we can be different by the power of your name. So Lord Jesus, we open our hearts to you. Fill us today with your life-changing hope. In your precious name we pray today. And everyone said, amen, amen.